Hey, Podcast Nation. Today's episode is on fear. Enjoy. Good to go. Well, hello, everybody in Podcast Nation. This is the Recovery Atheist here with JR, and I just want to say that I am so happy that you're here with us today to be able to talk about a few different topics and discussions that we're going to have. And the one that we're going to talk about, it's going to be a short little get-together for about 10, 20 minutes. Uh, i got to hit a lift to the bus stop to get myself down to St. Paul to visit a friend this weekend. Which we're going to be shooting some more stuff. Yeah, I'm going to be down there doing some stuff. I'm going to be having a, uh, through the uh, Recovery Atheist group page, I have a Zoom meeting event that is set up at 2 o'clock tomorrow that people can come on Zoom and talk with me and and hang and we'll talk and get to know each other. I'd love to get to know my people yeah, uh, that are part of my group. Be, I'm going to be joining that group as well, I believe, Del. Yeah, so it's pretty much just a little meet and greet. So you people, you find people out there, get to know us, and we get to know you a little bit and and just conversate, network. Well, that's at 2 o'clock tomorrow, 2 right? o'clock tomorrow through Zoom. All the information is on my event page on the Recovery Atheist group page. Uh, so yeah, if you have the time, come out and join us. It should be a good time, and we'll we'll have some discussions. So today, what we're going to talk about here for a little bit is a word, the F word. It, it's the F word, and it's not the F word that you think. No, it's not the F word you think. But it is one that can definitely control us yeah, if we I would allow say it. It is the F word that controls almost all. Yeah, of us. and that is fear. Don't 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 fear. We're going to talk about fear right now and and how do we either overcome it, deal with it, don't allow it to paralyze us, don't allow it to uh, control. control our reality and what we do in life and Which, just realize that fear is part of life and that and how are we going to get through it. What are your thoughts on that, JR? First of all, I want to say thanks again for being on the show, Dell, and coming in with us and I want to say thanks for everything that you're doing and then I also want to say fuck fear (laughs) fuck fear no i think fear is a great topic but i think it uh has control over almost all of us and i think it's my favorite topic because i personally think it's the most fun and the most growth i've ever had in my life is when i face fear like the most fun i've ever had is when i'm like doing like i feel alive when i'm doing stuff that i'm fearful of like when i started traveling and i started doing things i've never done before traveling the world and sculpting like I literally felt so alive. Like, I feel like being alive is to me essentially correlated to how much you're facing fear. So, like, if you want to feel like you're living or you feel like you are stuck or stagnant in life, I think, I think there's a big topic and conversation of talking about facing fear and getting out of your comfort zone. So, I think this topic is huge. And I think correlating fear to being stagnant and stuck is a big, big, big big issue because when you're starting to get out of your comfort zone and you're starting to pursue your passions or pursue your dreams or do things that you love, you're then going to be facing fear and leaning into those insecurities and overcoming them. Mm-hmm. So for me, the, the majority of my success and the majority of my accomplishments has come from facing fear and taking risks mm-hmm. and being then 
comfortable in gaining self-confidence and the ability to go out and do it more and do it again and again and again, just like conditioning yourself for fitness or conditioning yourself for any kind of test. For me, facing fear makes me a lot more comfortable and it gives me a lot more uh, belief in my ability to face fear and take on bigger, more epic tasks. Right, right. Definitely. Um when I face my fears and I get through them on the other side, it's a victory. Huge. And, and each one that I have that way that I, I mark off my list as I'm going through it, each one um, allows me to get stronger and stronger in the belief or in the ability to know that when another one comes down the line to me, I can get through it. I don't know how many times. I've been in a situation where it is like, this is the end of the world. This is the worst situation I've ever been in. I don't know how I'm going to be able to get through this. Oh, this is just the end of the world. End of the world. And then six months later, you hear me saying, oh, my God, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. Uh, this is the end of the world. You know. So, I mean, we find ways. We're survivors. We find ways to get through so now That's for me, I, I just, when those situations come, I look at it as that old beautiful line of that my dad told me and taught me growing up as a kid is this too shall pass. This too shall pass. And I just think that's an amazing point that uh, we too as humans are so capable and strong and that we can come through anything. What was basically what you were saying about how right. we are flexible and we make we come out on the other side. Right. Like we are the, one of the most amazing species of all time. If you want to check out one of my Q&A questions I just uploaded on Buzzsprout, our new uh, podcast, Daily Q&A, is humans are one of the most dominant species of all time. It's because of our ability to work together cooperatively. It's because of our ability to be agile, flexible, and fluid, and we are incredibly resilient as a species and as a whole. Humans are incredible. We're we're one of the most powerful, dominant species of all time. So it's amazing what we're capable of, and I really think that if people started to push themselves more and really started to put themselves in more uncomfortable situations and face their fear, they're start they're going to start to realize how capable they are. Right? Like, wouldn't you say that? For me, that's where I found all my capability and strength is when I realize I can do this shit. Like, look at you. Like, I'm doing this with you guys now. And, like, mm -hmm. I'm realizing that I can do this shit. Like, I do have value and I do have perspectives and I do have something to bring forward to people. So I think for me, the biggest thing in my life has been my willingness to face my fear and my willingness to take risks. And in that, I've had lots of success and gained lots of tools, knowledge, and insight that I can move forward with and share with people because I've been willing to face the fears that a lot of other people wouldn't necessarily take on. Right. I mean, you get stronger in it. You get more confident in it. Um I used to just let it control me to where I was paralyzed. I would I would just go into a room and isolate and oh get that favorite bottle of vodka, which was the usually usually the cheapest vodka there is, you know, the ones where they say it's only good to burn brain cells and degrease car motors. <laughs> um burn brain cells. You know, and the Takas, the Bart Barnums, the yeah, the Bartlett's, the whatever. Um so now when I see a fear coming down my way, it gives me the opportunity to grow. I look at it as I, I almost have open arms to it because it allows me to know that it, if I can figure out a way to get through this, 
that it's only going to give me more strength and more confidence down the road to face other things. So I, I welcome it. Bring it on. It's part of my nature that that's going to be there. So you better get used to it and you better find ways to be able to deal with it. And then the other thing, Dell, that I love that you talk about is how we let fear control us. So like you talk about how people are so fearful and we've talked about how we give our trust to things and how we let certain things control us. And I think fear is the number one example of that, of how we let fear push us to believe in a religious doctrine or let us believe in X, Y, or Z. I really think that fear is a big talking point for why we believe in what we believe in and Mm -hmm. the power that we give our fear. So like, I really think that a lot of people are letting fear dictate their decision making and letting fear choose for them. They're not really like, I really don't think a lot of people are in control of their fear or in control of their decision making. I think they're letting money they're letting fear, they're letting insecurities of what other people about them, what other people think about them and what society thinks about them. We're not just individuals that are comfortable being different and comfortable not fitting in because we want to fit in and we want to be like everyone else and approved by everyone else and that we're letting fear of being judged or fear of being different control us and the fear of not trying to go out there and do shit and be different and make and make shit happen i just Mm -hmm. think i really think fear is a big controller of the world and the population well you look at the situation we live in today everything is fear-based right now um we've got fear obviously the pandemic that's going on we've got fear about who's in office uh we've got fear about the police uh we've got fear about the economy and the unemployment rates uh, where are we going to be able to pay the bills? We got fear about our education. Are kids going to be able? I mean, we're already one of the worst countries in the world when it comes to education. And right now, we don't even know if kids are going back to school. We're almost to August already. It's it's getting, I mean, they're obviously going to do it online, but is that really going to, that might work for college, but when you're in elementary, junior, high school, high school, that connection with people helps build uh, life skills and relationship skills that cannot be done just in an online course like you can for someone who's in college. So they need that interaction with their friends. They need that interaction with sports. They need that interaction with band. Um, so there's lots of fears going on right now is what is this world going to look like here in the next few months, especially now that the pandemic is back on the on the upkeep, you know, upside now of where we're getting more and more cases of it yeah and then let's correlate that all to your soul right with but the number one fear the fear of dying the fear of loss of life yeah so i feel like the number one fear of a uh, majority of people is either correlated with money not having enough money or dying yeah and i think statistically I you can look into that and i think it's got to be two of the most prominent fearful factors is fear of not having enough income economic insecurity and then fear of death i'm gonna throw two more in there fear of being alone and I'm going to put in fear of failure in there as well. As yeah, well. 100%. Failure. Okay, now they're not as important as death and in, in, in the other, like you said. But the fear of being alone and that codependency thing of not having connection is a definite fear for people. Um, and then the fear of failure, um, not being able to succeed in something that you're doing. And so why even take the risk? But I think that's more fear of judgment. If you think about the fear True. of failure, embarrassment, it's, fear, it's it's like the fear. So you're right. I agree with everything you're saying. But I think it's when you say you're fearful of failing, I think that's more people have to look into that. That's fear of people looking at you like you're not good enough or that's like, oh, you weren't good. You're not. Yeah, good. that is a that is a self-esteem. So that's concern. a judgment. Like, yeah. 
Yeah, so I, I see where you're going point. with that. I think that's two great points. But ultimately, I feel like the fear of death is the one mm. we need to shine the light on the most because that's what pushes so many people to the religious platform. I was going to say, that's what keeps religion alive. Fear of dying. Let's face it. Everyone's fearful of dying, so they're trying to think of ways that they can get... Like, they're, like if you're not afraid of dying... For me, I was blessed because at a young age, my mom died. And for some reason, being that close to her mm-hmm. and then her dying has pushed me to a stage where I'm like, okay, death happens. I don't control when people die. I'm not God. It's going to come. My day's in the book somewhere. And when it comes, it comes. And it's going to happen. And it's just part of the game. So I'm playing the game and I'm in the game. And I realize that because of that, I'm going to maximize my time and energy doing something I love, pursuing my passions. Because guess what? That day's coming for all of us. And I'm not here going to sit here and be fearful and scared and afraid I'm right. going to take action and start living the life I want to fucking live right. because I I know that day's there for all of us well I know people are going to sit there and go Dell you're full of bullshit you're full of shit on this but this is the truth I and you can look at me in my eyes here I am not afraid of dying it's going to happen the only thing I'm afraid of is how maybe I die. I would rather not have it being in a fire or drowning, or I would like to be able to just fall asleep one night and die in my sleep, of course. Um, But it's inevitable. It's going to happen. I'm 44 years old now. I never thought I'd make it to 44 even. I'm 44 now, and I'm getting up there in age, six years away from being 50. Good old AARP getting involved. Um, So... The idea of, oh, I'm a young buck and I have the rest of my life, that's kind of not the reality anymore. Um, I have to make sure my health-wise, prostate, everything like that is on the up and up. So death is something that I'm looking at. And I guess the biggest fear I have right now with death is my mom and dad are both getting up there in age. And they're pretty much my only family I really talk to and have been major. I mean, I have other supportive family, but they're the ones that are supportive the most in my life. And I love them of, especially since I'm in recovery and sober of having to lose one of them and how I'm going to react to it. I'm very fearful of that. Um, I want to be able to react with it. Right. And I, of course, I tell myself that while they wouldn't want you to use, they wouldn't want you to lose your your sobriety because they died and i do tell myself that over and over and over again but it's inevitable it's something i'm gonna have to face that probably it might be sooner i hope not but probably between 15 to 20 years from now i'm going to have to make make uh, face that face that fear and 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 deal with that and so that's probably the biggest fear i have today i think that's a great point and i think for me the reason i have never I've been blessed. So I, I think I'm not fearful of that because I'm so capable of connecting with strangers. Like I talked about this with the Art of Happiness book is like I've been closer with strangers in my life than I have with some of my a lot of my family, like my extended family. Like I just think that we are narrow minded, not necessarily I'm not speaking to individuals. I'm saying in general as a whole that we are narrow minded in as who we look at as family. I can be family with you, Dell. If we start spending time together and we're being vulnerable and true and authentic with each other and we're spending time and we're working and we're in the trenches together, to me, you become someone of a brother. You already are becoming someone of a brother to me. So like if you think about that, like I can start to have intimate, serious relationships with strangers and so like right. that's why i start to realize that like when people leave and they and you lose them it's very sad and it can be but also right we can start to realize that we can have serious amazing intimate relationships with just anyone and everyone like 
and that's why I think my ability to connect to other people via empathy, empathy and so forth because of the pain and suffering I've been through has helped me be more capable of having those relationships with people. And I really think that's an interesting point because like so many people, like you said, are fearful of being alone. And I think the whole point of death is kind of selfish. It's more about, oh, now I'm going to be without that person as opposed to now they lost their life. And I really think most people are living in a selfish manner with death. It is. It is. I'll be honest with you. Again, I'm authentic. I'm not going to sit here and bullshit you or lie to you. It is a little bit selfish on my part. Um, this is the first time that I've really lived for the last couple of years. I've lived away from my parents now a long distance. You're talking 10, 12 hour drive away. They're down in Indiana by Louisville and um, they're coming up in about a week. Not uh, I, it might actually be this next weekend. I'm not sure I have to look at the calendar, but they're coming up to see me here in Duluth and I only get to see him maybe a couple times a year now, but it's one of those things where, yeah, I won't have any more family that I really have any intimate connection with that way. So, yeah, it is being a little selfish. I, 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 there have been a, a major emotional uh, reality support for me in my life. So I'm going, I'm going to have to try to look at that and not be selfish about it and realize that this is just part of life and that I will move forward. I, I've learned how to live on my own away from them now and do what I need to do. Uh, but it is going to be, it's going to be tough. It's going to yeah, be tough. I'm not saying you, that's normal. I mean, you're just acknowledging it and being aware of it's crucial. Like when right. my mom died, it, it was the most difficult thing ever. I was fearful. Of, but like, I don't know. I really feel like when I look back on it, that it was more the pain of her not having the chance to live. I loved her so yeah. much that she was so sweet. Yeah. I feel like I wanted her to live more and she deserved more. Like, How old was she? 43. Yeah, that's too so young. Like, but yeah, I just think it's an interesting point, and I think it's great to too bring dialogue young. to. Like, I think it's okay to be like I want everyone that I love to be alive too. But I just think it's great dialogue to be talking about this yeah. and talking about fear. And I think it's really interesting how we can learn to connect and develop relationships with people that we might have looked at as just strangers, or and mm-hmm. how they can become family. Like I've had multiple people in Hawaii that have become family. When I lived in Hawaii, you could literally start talking with a stranger, and the next thing you know. You're living with them a month later because whatever. They're just that kind. They are the most Ohana-like people I've ever met, family-based people with everyone. Mm-hmm. In Hawaii, everyone will look at you if you're respectful and kind like your family. They don't look at you like you're a different person. You can't live with us or be with us. They look at everyone like, oh, we could all potentially be family. Well, and that's the biggest thing now that I feel about being here in Duluth. For one, this has been the best decision I ever made in my life coming to Duluth. Um I, I'm at home here. This is my home. I'm comfortable here. I love it. It's not too big of a city, but not too small of a city. So it gives me some of the creature comforts I like. But the people here, the family that I have been developing since I've been here has been a blessing and and has been something that I w- will cherish. And so I'm, I'm sticking my roots in the ground here. Um, I've got family here now, in my opinion. So, yeah, I mean, I, you can build family outside of just your immediate family. Um, it's just, are you willing to do it? Are you willing to be vulnerable? Put yourself out there. Are you willing to be authentic and and care and, 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 and be compassionate and, and just be honest with somebody else that... Um, you connect with i mean that's just life in general that's what we should be doing the humanistic view of it is is 
there's other people out there that we should be able to have love for and will be a family to us. And then that's a great point because if you look at it, I feel like if you are not comfortable in solitude and you're not comfortable in your own skin being alone, this is a really interesting twist to think about. If it becomes more about your interaction with people about you, because listen, think about people that when the, when the lockdown went in, Oh, yeah. And they're sitting at home and they're like, they're so not comfortable with their own skin or who they are. They're so restless, irritable and discontent with who they are that they need to connect with other people or be around other people to essentially lose themselves in or get a high from. So if you're sitting at home and you're like, oh, I need to be around other people. I agree with that. That makes sense. But there's a sense where you have to start to reflect on the fact that you're more being around those people for you than you are to try and bring them something. It comes back to the principle of consuming versus creating so like in healthy relationship versus not healthy which is the concept of trying to bring something to people versus take from them mm-hmm. and i feel like the people that are in a space where they're restless irritable discontent and they can't be comfortable in solitude they have an issue then because when they go to other relationships or they're going into interact with other people or build relationships it's more about what they can take for them than oh you're we're here in the natural relationship in this natural situation just to have a natural interaction it's more about like me trying to take from that relationship. And I just think for Absolutely me, I, agree. I yep. found that it's interesting because in this whole time, I've been able to connect with more people than ever. I've instantly jumped into podcasting and video logging. And I have connected with girls like Dana Roman. Thank you, Dana. We've talked and we've interacted regularly. And there's people that are on all my platforms that I'm consistently developing dialogue with, like Yasmin Jimenez. Thank you, Yasmin, for reaching out and leaving that letter on my bed. Shout out. Like all these people, like Yasmin, like Dana, like... uh, Walter Dwyer, people, I'm I'm regularly seeing people that are consistently interacting with us and following us that I'm building relationships with and developing connections with. And I have done it more through the COVID experience than ever before because it's pushing everything digital. So for me, I think it's really interesting how you can turn on a camera or you, like he said, it, human interaction is a, a, like essential, a but you can have it like it's the, like we're having it. Right now. At scale. And there's tons of people like we're interacting with people right now. Like I know it's not person to person, but face to face. I mean, it's amazing. And I look forward to it. Like the entire time today I, on my way in here is just like, yeah, I get to get with JR. Yeah, I get to do some f- podcasting, some live streaming. Yeah, I get to touch base with all my people out there. Yeah, let's do this. Let's do this. And it's exciting that you should feel that way about living, living life. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, I think uh, it's already getting to be about 1130. So let's uh, take this last couple minutes here to shut things down for me for the day. Anyway, I know you're you're probably going to do some still some more work. I might. Yeah. But we also have tomorrow that uh, thing at two o'clock through Zoom. All my information is on my thinking atheist or uh, thinking atheist. That's my buddy, Seth. Recovery atheist, yeah, Seth Andrews. Shout check, out Seth. What yeah, what is, check him out atheist? on YouTube. The Thinking Atheist, he's amazing, Seth Andrews. Um, so, yeah, so check uh, out my uh, page, the Recovery Atheist, on there on under the events. We're having a little get together meeting, one on one, to twenty on twenty, or to well, however many we get. But it's a little meet and greet, so we can get to know everybody and just have a good time tomorrow. Two o'clock through Zoom. All the information's on there. Thank you again for coming on, you know, and watching us today. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I just want to say the same thing. Thanks, and I appreciate you guys' attention and time and energy. And I really just like bringing you guys. Like he said, I'm 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 in love with bringing you guys' attention. I mean, bringing you guys value and bringing 
like awareness to this fact and bringing attention to the fact that you can do this and anyone can do it. And if we're doing it, you can do it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you can turn on your phone tomorrow and turn the camera around and start talking into the camera and sharing your story and sharing your value with the world. So, And we want to hear it. We would love to hear it. And we want to have more people like you, Dan, and we would love to have you on the show. We want to have people in the studio. And like he's utilizing Zoom for his meeting this uh, tomorrow at 2. I'm going to be there. And if you guys can join, that would be great. And we're going to start using also at We Are In Media with this whole show thing that we're doing. We're going to start utilizing streaming and Zoom meetings as well so that no matter where you are or what you're doing, you can join us here via Zoom. And then we can have that interaction that he was talking about uh, with anyone and everyone at any place in the world. That would be awesome. So thank you for joining, and your attention is our oxygen. Thank you very much. Bye, everybody. Thanks, Adriana, for joining us. Thanks, everyone. So if you guys have seen my show, I was doing a daily show and we're doing a more consistent show. And then I just wanted to say thanks for tuning in. And then I, uh, I have a daily q and I'm starting on my podcast channel. So if you guys want to tune in or ask a question, you guys would be greatly appreciated if you would. We'll mention you on the podcast if you are the one giving the question. And then uh, we'll shout you out in the podcast. That would be greatly appreciated. Yeah, totally. Hey, Podcast Nation. Thanks for tuning in. Your attention is our oxygen. Please like, share, and subscribe, and you'll get a chance to be the next loyal brand follower mentioned at the end of our next show. Shout out to Aruba. Najaf at AN Content Creation on Instagram. Once again, that's AN Content Creation on Instagram. Thanks, Aruba, for being such a loyal brand follower of Weirman Media and the Two Brothers Podcast.